0: To even dive in further, you're absolutely right because we used to say how are you, and it was like good. And now when you say how are you, you hear busy. Busy is almost like a barometer for how important you are, how successful you are. If you're busy, you're important. Wow, that guy's got something to do. He's doing stuff, you know. Yeah. But if the response is, "Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. We're we're in a really slow season of life." There's almost something demeaning about that. It's like, uh-huh. what, don't you have something to do? Yeah. Which is a very utilitarian way of looking at the human soul. It's like your, your value is simply in the, the ability for you to produce something for society. That's very consumeristic and it's exhaustive. You know, someone once said, hurry is the violence to our soul. Mm-hmm. It, it, it tears us down. I read this book called Ruthless Elimination of hurry. And one of the things it said is the reason we live in a culture increasingly without faith is not because science has somehow disproved the unprovable, but because the white noise of secularism has removed the very stillness in which we endure to be reborn. He goes on to say that Corey ten Boom once said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. There's truth in that. Both sin and busyness have the exact same effect. They cut you off from your connection to God, to other people, and even to your own soul.
1: Our resident Mexican friend, Oscar Navarro, challenged our resident Arab,
0: Emil Francis Zwayne, about a word. I love that. Because I was wrong and you were right, you've got to include it in the intro.
1: <laughs> There's to, no way. Of course. Now, raise the resident expert English speaker. Mark, we have no idea what you are still to I this day. I can pogo stick. How many times in a row? <laughs> okay. uh, like five. <laughs> no way. You used to do, weren't you like this avid pogo sticker?
2: I was. <laughs> Said nobody ever. <laughs> Is that funny? <laughs> Seriously? You Bing, used to do that, bang, didn't you? Bang, like in your bang, neighborhood, bang, you had bang. a goal to like pogo all day Yeah, it would, the, your pogo stick would overheat. Because the friction, so saying, really, it would yeah, get it'd burn you. Yeah, it'd burn the legs. Because you, you get tired and you could do it without your arms. You're just locking them between the knees. What was your record, Mark? Oh, I don't know. If that. You don't go by numbers. You go no, by but would time. You go, no, that's what yeah, I mean. Probably, time. I, I don't want to say Come on. Come on. Probably 10 hours. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're <laughs> lying. So I'm do not. you
3: still have a pogo stick?
2: Do I have a? No.
3: I I'd like know. to buy you one. I'd like to see a pogo. I want to
2: get a 10 electric. hours. Electric pogo yeah, Maybe more.
3: Mark,
1: but you don't mean I'm like not straight
2: it. through. Yeah, I straight through. Nonstop. Yeah. Why hours. would you go 10 hours? I don't know. I, I was wanting to get into the Guinness Book of World Record. Well, pogo that would sticking. have to be a record. No. No, no one no. in the
1: history of the universe would no,
2: pogo sh- stick for 10 lot hours longer straight. Than it's about a week easy. <laughs> you yeah. crazy. I didn't even come close. Hey, Siri, oh, what's man. the
0: pogo stick record? <laughs> <laughs> 400 of the years.
1: She doesn't want to say. It. Yeah, Siri, Siri's not into this. Anyway, Mark has problems. All right, friends, some trivia. Okay, what would you guys say is the average number of words that the average person knows about 21 13,000
3: wait you always quote, this is the time when you usually quote some spurgeon things spurgeon had yeah.
1: 23,000
3: words in vocabulary and if you're average you've got about 13,000 yeah the average So we person. have about 6,000 combined. <laughs> yeah, right. The
1: average person knows approximately 50,000 words. Words? So, Ray, you've been wrong this right. whole time. <laughs> so you got that on Google? <laughs> you've been in error. It was some website I found yeah. somewhere. Who yeah, knows right. if it's telling me some the truth or
2: Falsewebsites.com. Uh, the, the
1: words have lifespans ranging between 1,000 to 20,000 years, only if it's from this point on, because we know the earth is not that old. <laughs> Can't handle the truth.
3: Was we- the same website?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, researchers can... Even predict that words like dirty, push, and stick will die out soon based on how different the word is in multiple languages. What's that have to do with it? No more dirty and stick and push. <laughs>
3: bye bye. Uh, push the dirty stick out of the
1: way. Yeah. That's, um, that's
0: your nick- nickname. How are we going to let that dirty go? Dirty
3: stick. It's
1: gone. Uh, hey guys, this is interesting. Do you guys know what contronyms are? Contronyms?
2: Contronyms? No. A con word
1: with trinums? A word that conveys contradictory or opposite meanings depending on the context. So, for instance, we say dust the cake with sugar. You guys heard of that? Dust Mm -hmm, the
0: cake? mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: How do you know all this food stuff, Oscar? I love food. I had no idea about this. Dust the cake with sugar, but then you also say dust the furniture. So you're dusting the cake, you're putting sugar on, dust the furniture, you're removing.
2: Two meanings. Two meanings,
1: same word. Is this entertaining? Yes. Are we going somewhere with this? Yes. Another example would be overlook. Her teacher overlooked her English progress. And then you have he uh, overlooked something, which means to fail to notice something. Isn't that interesting? Not really. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I do it? I don't know. Wanted to talk about words. Ray, what are you looking at?
3: Looking to see why I was wrong with Spurgeon, because I've preached that for years. I'm trying to find something. <laughs> your conscience <laughs> yeah, bothering Yeah, my conscience it? is bothering Wait.
1: me. Wait, Ray, didn't you for years give your wrong born-again date?
3: <gasps> I still haven't got it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's because for I think I, I say between 9 o'clock in the, at night and 3 o'clock in the morning on the 24th of April and the 25th of April.
1: And or which country. Yeah. That's what counts. Yeah, it
3: was down under. Yeah. So it was a day ahead of... U.S., which confuses. Everyone. So it's twenty-four there and twenty. <laughs> it's fifty-one year. years anyway. Yeah, fifty-one years. Fifty-one years. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's
1: hold on. Why have you lost your fire and zeal, right <laughs> That's my favorite sermon of yours What's when that? you talk about you know all that you used to do ah, when you first got saved. What's that? How big was
3: the lettering you had on your bus or window? Or? The bus was about eighteen inches, twelve about fourteen inches high.
2: No. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. You know, I have to say, Hell's Best Kept Secret is by far you know, the most popular message that you do with most equipping. But militant evangelism. Hmm. When okay. was the last time you taught that? that? That is... It was at your church. It was... That's a good... Was that the one? such that, a great message. Was that
1: the one you had in book form that had the tank yes. in the form of a Bible? Yes. Or something? Mary Smith like, did that. The Bible
3: with a tank? Mary Smith did that Murray's oh, Mary's
0: friend. our what friend. What a great message. Bring I it back. That, I read that book. You did? Yeah, I was the only one. <laughs> Ray,
1: why don't you preach that message anymore? Because that it's, is a good message. it's
3: on tape. Why do I have to preach it? Tape. Wait, on tape? audio, audio. Tape? I'm sorry, <laughs> um, audio. there's another word that's out. It's on digital. We can't, we can't uh, even uh, say uh, CD um, anymore. Uh, Twenty-three thousand word vocabulary. Yeah. Um. All right, friends. It's on vinyl. Yeah. You can get it on vinyl.
1: Eight track. All right, friends. This is a comment from Luke. By the way, this is from podcast at livingwaters.com. This was an email sent in. I'm not going to the regular platform. Hi, everyone. My name is Luke, and I just wanted to say how much I enjoy the podcast and how much y'all have helped me grow in my faith. I've listened to y'all off and on since I was in ninth grade. I'm a junior now and have been listening to you every day for the past few weeks. I first heard of Living Waters when I was in middle school and was really excited to hear about the podcast. I love the clean banter on this podcast, and I am always smiling while listening to it. I loved Lessons from the Life of Joseph. It really spoke to me about struggles. We with
2: love,
1: Joseph? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with Luz. And I have talked to my parents about changes I want to make. Wow. Ray, Mark, Easy, and Oscar. I love all y'all. And I ask for your prayers. I also will keep you in my prayers and on my heart. I'd love to meet you all someday. And I'm glad that God has put you in my life. He's from Tennessee. Y'all in my life. I keep yeah. losing the y'all. Uh, well, we know he's definitely somewhere from the South. But thank you, Luke. Yeah, Luke, thank you. What yeah. an encouragement and a thank blessing you, Luke. that Mark is. Mark isn't saying
2: anything to Luke. Well, listen, I mean, <laughs> Mark doesn't but care we, about Luke. We are behind the mic there, but there's so many people here that work with was the podcast. I just mm. You know, from uh, yeah. Joel Amen, and Yale mm-hmm. and Scotty. Jake Jacob and the camera. Eddie. Mm-hmm. Jacob sounds like a romper room. Uh, Jen remark. comes, in. <laughs> but I there's so see. many people that, that work together. Yeah, you know, there's Eddie, Gusha, Gasha, Gamma, Tosinari, Tosinari. Where's he at? <laughs> there's a lot of people that uh, work behind the scenes to make it happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. amen, yeah. amen. This is a team effort for sure. All right, friends, this podcast is brought to you by the Living Waters Podcast Mug. Don't forget to get it and the basic training course.
0: Boy, that has been around for a long time. By the way, you forgot I Brad, think. who listens to every single episode. Oh, yes. Snow. Brad
1: Snow. See, Brad was just sad now for a few minutes. And, and you know, Anita. Just and that. Anita, <laughs> <laughs> who used
0: to work
3: for us.
1: Anita.
2: Giancarlo. Let's go through yes. every single person. <laughs> used to work here.
1: Uh, but the training, the basic training course, you guys, I mean, I think there's like 22, 23,000 of those. That are floating you around the statistic? world.
3: statistic? 23,000. 22
0: or <laughs> Hold on. Let me check. Hey, Siri. Yeah. So make sure to check it
1: out. Eight Lessons on DVD. You can also get the MP4 digital download. I think you'll love it. And don't forget the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. Uh, Ray
0: wants to know if we have that digital download on 8-Track. <laughs> yeah. we got to find it.
1: <laughs> Seriously, even uh, flash drives are... Yeah, On their way out.
3: CDs, joke. Everything ridiculous. DVD joke a joke. Yeah. A joke. <laughs> yeah, jokes, just jokes. do you say it and people laugh like you just laughed. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Today, friends, we're talking about busyness. Busyness? Yeah. What? what? Huh? Well, I thought it
3: was something to do with bees.
1: <laughs> beesness ness Yeah. Uh, busy like bees. Finding calm in the midst of busyness. I think that's probably the go-to response whenever people ask me, hey, how you been? Oh man, so busy lately. Busy, Oh, so busy, 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 busy.
2: Right, and our response should not be something like that, right? Because we're not asking, what are you doing? We're asking, how are you doing? And we've replaced uh, the answer with what we are up
0: to, mm.
2: right? I, I, I don't know how to change that.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. To, to even dive in further, you're absolutely right, because we say, how are you? And it was like, good. And now, when you say, how are you, you hear, busy. Busy is almost like a barometer for how important you are, how successful you are. If you're busy, you're important. Wow, that guy's got something to do. He's doing stuff, you know? Wow. But if the response is, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. We're, we're in a really slow season of life. There's almost something demeaning about that. It's like, what, uh-huh. don't you have something to do? Yeah. Which is a very utilitarian way of looking at the human soul. It's like your, your value is simply in the, the ability for you to produce something for society. That's very consumeristic and it's exhaustive. You know, someone once said, hurry is the violence to our soul. Mm. It, it, it tears us down. I read this book called Ruthless elimination of hurry. And one of the things that said is the reason we live in a culture increasingly without faith is not because science has somehow disproved the unprovable, but because the white noise of secularism has removed the very stillness in which we endure to be reborn. He goes on to say that Corey ten Boom once said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Mm. There's truth in that. Both sin and busyness have the exact same effect. They cut you off from your connection to God, to other people, and even to your own soul. Wow.
3: Speaking of that, it's it Andy of Griffith's that. program called Man in uh, a Hurry. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> what were you going to say about it? <laughs> I was going to say, Ray, remember that episode? Oh, do I uh, ever. The whole uh, precedent or the whole meaning of the, of the story is this man comes into town, he's in a hurry, he's in a hurry, he's got to do this, he's got to do that. And Andy and all his buddies, slow him down. Mm. And it, that's the lesson of the story. And man in, in a hurry is my favorite because I love being in a hurry. He's my hero. <laughs> Don't slow down. Go for it. Hurry is good. Do it. Do it fast. Remember that
1: part? Oh, go ahead. No,
3: see. no, I'm, tell me that part. No, that it's part of the
1: episode where uh, Barney's sitting on the porch in the rocking chair, and he was talking about what he was going to do. Uh-huh. He's like, yep,
3: yeah,
1: gonna go down, Thelma Luz. go to Thelma lose, get me a
3: pop."
1: And then he and then again, yeah. And the guy just that's what. On no, I mean, this
3: is about get three on times. with it, man. He says about three times, "That's what I'm going to do. Go to Thelma lose, <laughs> do this. <laughs> yep." And man, how he turns around and says, do it, do it, just do it. And it was really good. And it that's And that's, that's what we should, that's, I like Nike, do it, yeah. just do it. Yeah. How many
2: times, Ray, have you gone inside of somebody's office, and well, in my office especially, and said, Mark, are you busy? And I've said, no, what do you need? He's like, you're not busy? Well, then you're fired. You should be <laughs> doing something.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, look, it, it, I like, Oscar, the fact that you highlighted that Oftentimes, we, we find our value in the things that we're doing. And I've, I've quoted this saying before, a lot of people see themselves as human doings mm. rather than human beings. Mm. And I think we need, to, we need to bring this all into context. There is a healthy... Type of busyness. I think what we're talking about is the kind of busyness that makes you lose your composure. Yeah. The kind of busyness that makes you mix up your priorities in life. Uh, Kevin DeYoung wrote a, a really popular book called Crazy Busy. Good book. Yeah, it is a good book. And, too. Short too. And you know, I want to I want to quote a few different things from the book. First of all, he says this. He says Jesus was busy, but never in the way that made him frantic, anxious, irritable. Proud, envious, or distracted by lesser things. Jesus knew the difference between urgent and important. He understood that all the good things he could do were not necessarily the things he ought to do. You may have quoted that, Oscar, I think, on Probably, one, one yeah. of the podcasts. Um,
0: I think he's quoting me, actually. Yeah. Rever- <laughs> reverse quoting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I love that, right? Jesus was busy, Jesus was always involved in things. And when we talk about the healthy kind of busy, it's the antithesis of laziness. Right. And, Ray, I think, honestly, you you get begin to panic at the thought of having nothing to do.
3: Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> David.
1: No, because seriously, there's times on the podcast when we've talked about, oh, retiring and just walking your don't dog around say all retiring. day long. It's
3: the, You don't walk the dog. The dog walks you yeah, when you retire. Pretty and much. there's nothing sadder than that side. I see it often. Some guy with a six-foot leash and a dog's ahead of him pulling him around the... That's the highlight of his day. Oh. And I find that very sad, especially if it's non Christians. They built their house on sand. Now death is coming and they've got nothing, no, nothing to stand against it. Yeah. Um, I, I just got to say there's an irony here, kind of weird. This will make me sound really dumb, but that's nothing new. Mm-hmm. I actually um, wrote a book called Count Your Blessings and Stop Stressing 365 Daily Devotions. It comes out this year. But I made a terrible mistake because I wrote four books at the same time. <laughs> Now it's easy to write a book. Anyone can write a book, but the editing process is insane. Yeah, you, you get you get your manuscript you think is just perfect back from the editor, and it's been absolutely destroyed. Butchered. Want this chapter moved here? This is a wrong heading. Where'd you get this quote from? Why is this here? This doesn't make sense. Move that out. For four books to come back at the same time. Oof. With editor's notes, I, it just stressed me out. Especially this one I wrote back cause I'm not writing any more books. This is it. <laughs> to, I say that to the to the editor. I said, this book stressed me out than any book I've ever written.
0: And the next day he wrote a book about how he's not going to write any more books.
3: <laughs> no, I think I'm done. Ray, you're
0: no. making me Oh, yeah.
1: Okay.
3: Guaranteed <laughs> oh. that's not going to happen. You know that. How could you even say no, that? I, I think I'm done. No, I'm okay. done. come on. Just the <laughs> no. <of that>. Please, <laughs> you guys, gra-
1: guys in the back, the sa- grab the sound bite because I'm going to resurrect it when Ray starts writing his next book tomorrow. Uh-huh. Okay? <laughs> Let's save it.
3: The next book's called Why I Was Wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, but Ray, you're really making me panic here because my my book's about to start. Oh, wait hitting till the editor editors. comes back with it. They oh, take a scalpel and just cut oh, it. In no. Shreds.
2: And what are you waiting for, Easy? Why don't you just give it to the editor?
1: Uh, I'm I'm about to probably well, in the next few days. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm just finishing up. Uh, well, I'm done. I'm just finishing up the notes because I added new quotes, and so now I have to renumber the notes. So I'm and you have
2: a it. message on sexual purity. Does it, yeah. does it
1: come from you see, your you book? I preached about it the last notes. night. That's the job of the editor. I know, to... but I can't let it go. I have to finish fixing them because I already gave numbers. They're going to redo all those notes. I know, but I got to do that. Yeah. So anyway, the whole issue that, that Kevin DeYoung is talking about, you know Kate that Dizzle. anxiety. It's K Dizzle. K-dizzle, K-dizzle, my schlizzle, whatever. Frantic, anxious, irritable, proud, envious, distracted. Those are the things that we often see pop up when we allow ourselves to get into that frantic, busy type of state.
0: Yeah, I think another thing that keeps us busy is the fear of what we find when we slow down. Hmm. We find ourselves alone, we find ourselves hurt. We find ourselves with a guilty conscience. And so, so many people in this world are afraid of slowing down, and so they just keep themselves busy. They keep themselves distracted with television and music and podcasts, dare I say, and hmm. whatever else, you know, they, they want to keep going. It's, it's like H.D. Uh, Auden's poem. All right. And I've quoted it before, anxiety, anxious age, an anxious age where Mm. he says faces along the bar cling to their average day. The lights must never go out. The music must always play lest we see where we are lost in a haunted wood, children afraid of the night that are neither happy nor good. It's this idea of like, keep yourself busy. And it goes back to the quote that I quoted earlier is oftentimes the thing that secularizes us. Away from reality, the reality of God, and our need for God isn't science, it's busyness. Mm-hmm. We don't want to slow down and realize how in need we are, how lonely we've become being separated from God. And uh, you know, here's something from that book I read too. Ultimately, nothing in this life apart from God can satisfy our desires. Mm. Tragically, we continue to chase after our desires ad infinitum. The result, a chronic state of restlessness or worse, angst, anger, anxiety, disillusionment, depression, (laughs) all of which lead to a life of hurry. A life of busyness, of overload, of shopping, of materialism, of careerism, a life of more, which in turn makes us even more restless. And the cycle of spiral continues to go on and on and on.
3: You're absolutely right. When I talk of hurry and busyness, it's always to do with reaching the loss. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. I like that word, Oscar, careerism. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that's one we often hear. I don't even know if I've ever heard it, but But there is that the flip side of it all, you know, uh, in terms of the balance of it being in the right place. We're we're busy about the Lord's business, but but there is that workaholism, Mm -hmm. there is that careerism, like it's all about you know reaching the pinnacle and making sure that I'm recognized for what I've done and accomplished. And I think that can happen in ministry too. Absolutely, you know. And a lot of times people think, well, I'm just I'm, I'm in ministry, so that can't. No, it can happen to you. And in fact. That oftentimes is one of the most dangerous forms of careerism because you're missing the mark in what you're doing. You're you're trying to build your own kingdom and mm-hmm. bolster your own reputation. Mm-hmm. And, and man, the destruction that ends up, that's why we see pastors falling into sexual sin. You know, that's yeah. why we see pastors whose families fall apart, whose kids grow up and become bitter because... They're they're not prioritizing what matters, you know? Mm-hmm. And and Mark, those are the, the most effective kind of leaders, the ones that are tending to what matters, the ones that are maintaining their devotional life, that are there with their wife and their children, the ones that are even resting and recuperating.
2: Yeah, D.L. Moody said, let the outflow be the overflow, right, that what you're getting is, because it's overflowing from my life. I'm not trying to reach for something that's not there. It, it is what it is. I'll tell you, I, I've been having a really uh, neat time with my son, Nathaniel, lately. He's been coming to me with so many questions. He's loving his church mm. with uh, Dr. Tony Wood. Yeah, you Mission him Bible Nathaniel Search. or Tanny? It goes back and forth. Uh, friends I've been calling him Tan-Thaniel. Tanny. Am I doing it wrong? The Tan Man. Nan-Tanny. is what friends and family call him. But he's been having such a great time. I want to commend Dr. Tony Wood mm. from Mission uh, Church, Bible Church there in uh, Costa Mesa, and he's having such a good time sitting underneath him, yeah. and he's coming to me. It's, what a funny oh, saying. Sitting underneath <laughs> <him>. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> Sitting underneath him. How much does he weigh? Uh, uh, he, and I'm, I'm just like, even from a distance, kind of indebted to the man on how Nathaniel has just this, uh, is the right word vigor for the Word of God? Yeah, no, uh, vigor. You know, he, he's just been so excited coming to with so many questions, <clears> and uh, that... Is just such a joy, you know, of my heart. Wow, you know, I have no idea what your question was. was Doesn't doesn't he he do the uh, uh,
3: YouTube channel?
0: Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? That's right, a $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck.
2: Yes, he does a lot of... Uh yeah, your second channel. Mm, um right. the the thumbnails and the descriptions and things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's good, Mark. And and again, I remember one time a friend telling me that the leader of the ministry that he was a part of said, you know, hey, I'm just so busy busy and he said, "Man, I feel like he's he's so busy about the his father's business. He's too he he's not, you know, has to have time for his father." Mm. And so we need to we need to be careful of that. Charles Hummel said prayerful waiting on God is indispensable to effective service. Like the time out in a football game, it enables us to catch our breath and fix new strategy. As we wait for directions, the Lord frees us from the tyranny of the urgent. He shows us the truth about himself, ourselves, and our tasks. He impresses on our minds the assignments he wants us to undertake. The need itself is not the call. The call must come from the God who knows our limitations. Wow, hmm. yeah, limitations, you know. So important. Yeah, um, Oscar, how do we figure out what our limitations are?
0: Yeah, well, first and foremost, we have to be okay with having limitations. Yeah, good. In order to be human, it's important that we make sure that we live up to the potential that God has enabled within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's also important for us to recognize that we are by nature being image bearers of God, limited. And that limitation is good. The uh, rejection of limitation is what got Adam and Eve in trouble in the garden. And so, so for- are you
3: saying that if you can't sing, don't sing. If you can't run, don't run. Don't go there. Yeah. You realize yeah, your limitations. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: Mark
1: said his kids love my singing. So I'll so keep yeah, That's something.
3: That, that was the tone deaf folks. Um- <laughs> So if that's what you're saying. You realize you can't do certain things. Just don't go there. just yeah, Do what well, you can and, do. And
0: and to be able to say, man, I don't. I don't have the capacity to take on this task. I don't. I don't. I am not capable of you know doing these things. That is not within my wheelhouse. That doesn't mean the Lord's not going to stretch you, grow you, to take you out of your comfort zone. He's certainly going to do that. But it's also important to recognize that being limited is okay. And this is important. I I think especially for. Moms, because as I hear and talk to moms, they often feel guilty about the things they're unable to do in regards to uh, all the busyness that they have in their life of, of of taking care of the kids, of disciplining the kids, of homeschooling the kids, of you know all the other things that they're doing. And it's okay to say, "I can't." Hmm. That is outside of my capacity to so do you, that.
2: Even if you have the ability to do it, you have the the strength or the knowledge or the wisdom to handle the t- task. It's okay to say no. Exactly. That's wow. exactly what you're saying, right? It's so Yeah, but, when Jesus
0: what, pulled away as a prime example, right? he didn't pull away because he couldn't talk to another person. Right. He pulled away because it was for the glory of God to spend yeah. time with the Lord rather than the next person in yeah. line.
3: Learn yeah. to now, say no. Charles Spurgeon said, learn to say no. It'll be more of more use to you than to be able to learn Latin. Wow. So, <laughs> apparently <laughs> learning good. Latin was really good. Uh, that's what it means. But yeah, that, that's really helped me because I didn't used to be able to say no to people. And when I started saying no, it was just like a relief. Ray,
2: will you help me move this
3: weekend? No, do it yourself. (laughs) You know,
1: uh, (laughs) I I think we would be wise to ask those that are closest to us if we are busy in the wrong way. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, not gonna do it. You know, because they know us and they can tell if we're, we're beginning to drift into that zone where... It's starting to affect us in mm-hmm. negative ways or affect them. That's good. You know, to be able to say to, to, to our wives, hey, honey, have I been short with you, irritable with you? Have I been acting in ways that are demonstrating I need to cut some things out of my life? Trust me, you're not going to regret that 10 years down the line when you have a wife who's flourishing and blossoming and, and is thanking God for her husband versus one who's, who's really embittered because, you know, you've neglected her. Yeah. Again, it goes back to the priorities. You know, Mark, when when is it that we can recognize that we're starting to get imbalanced in our lives when it comes to that that issue of busyness and doing too
2: much? Well, there's certain things that we should be doing on the regular, right? I mean, we really should be exercising, right? We should be eating, right? We should be having devotions. Mm -hmm. Uh, We should be leading our spouses. We should spend all the amount of time we possibly can when we're working to work and not do other things. Uh, you can set your phone, little timeframes on your phone. It'll tell you if you spent too much time on a social media app mm-hmm. or anything else, uh, it'll actually turn that app off. So when things start to get out of whack like that, uh, you can see when I'm driving along in the car and somebody's with me in the car and they're on their phone, I started singing, you know, love the one you're with, you know, love the <laughs> one you're <laughs> with. That's right. You know, but It's very important that we keep the main thing, the plain thing, which is a relationship with people yeah you know today you go out to eat and you see four teenagers hanging around a table not even just teenagers but adults alike mm. and they're just staring at their phone i was about to say
0: yeah you know yeah. come on over and, and their four-year-old's got the ipad yeah oh.
2: that's right you go inside of a restaurant and the little child has an ipad in front of him to keep him busy
0: right i think that the little child that was ray <laughs> by the way Height, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> stature. Yeah. so um now, I, I love that you bring up the phone Because I think it's so important for us to recognize that our phone is one of the things that keeps our mind relentlessly busy and it's to our disadvantage. We often think that our phone, we call it like the ultimate utility knife, like a Swiss army watch in our pocket. But when we say things like that, we make it as though our phone works for us, like it's a tool for us. But ultimately, this this supercomputer inside of our pockets, this thing doesn't work for us. It doesn't actually belong to us. It belongs to the company who made it. And their job is to sell your attention to other organizations. And every app on your phone that you click on is not ultimately there for your benefit. It's there for the benefit of the organizations that are trying to grab your attention so that you feel like you need something, that you need to experience something, that you lack something, which turns you into a consumer, which makes you then go buy a product that will ultimately not satisfy the thing that you actually need, which is to reorient your mind towards the things of God. Uh, And that's- that's, Unless
3: it's the Living Waters app.
0: That's right. Yes, 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 yes. Coming available to every phone near you. Yeah. Um, And that's like to shift gears a little bit to talk about, okay, so what's the solution? Yeah. What can we do? We've talked about the problem. What's the solution? The solution is to focus on our attention because our attention is the beginning to our devotion. What we put our attention towards will ultimately be the thing that our hearts are devoted to. And so you brought up a really good point. Pull up your phone right now and look at where you spend most of your time this week. That's gonna give you an indication, not just of your attention, but of your devotion. If you wanna know what you're devoted to, pay attention to what you pay attention to. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and our attention is constantly being snagged more and more by the world. You're right, Oscar. The world is not gonna do you any favors in freeing you up right? That's why you're constantly bombarded with things. And now in our day and age, I mean, you'd look one thing up on Google, oh man, I mean, you're going to get bombarded everywhere you go on social media. You know, and what I'm trying to figure out is how to kill these spam calls that I get on my phone every day. You know, there was a time when that didn't happen on cell phones, yeah. you know? And now I don't know what in the world, but it's- I could fix it in seconds. Stop,
2: could you really? Yeah, by the time you're done talking, I could fix it. Ah,
1: see, Mark, where's the true friendship? You never told I, us about well, the secret?
2: Give me your phone right now and I'll fix it before uh, you're on the podcast. You're, you're yeah. too busy. You're too busy to do Yeah, am <laughs> busy
1: doing a podcast, Mark. But we have to. we have to step back and say- what is it that is, yeah, sapping my time, my energy? What is it? That'd be a good name Ooh, for a name pro-life for a movie. Mm. And, and, and retool, refocus. Again, Kevin DeYoung went on to say, he said, busyness kills more Christians than bullets. How many sermons are stripped of their power by lavish dinner preparations and professional football? How many moments of pain are wasted because we never sat still enough to learn from them? How many times of private and family worship have been crowded out by soccer and school projects? We need to guard our hearts. The seed of God's word won't grow to fruitfulness without pruning for rest, quiet, and calm.
3: I like the way you said that. Yeah, um, I did too. Furns um, <laughs> um, put me to sleep. Um, yeah, someone wisely said, come apart before you come apart. Ooh. 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 Mm. Mm. Who said mm. that? Notable quotable. It, Didn't you hear me? Oh, say it louder. <laughs> come apart before you come apart.
2: Notable quotables, is our friend Thomas That's what Hotel Jesus said, right? Come to me, all you who weary and are heavy laden, and I will give mm. you rest. Mm. We are looking to anything and everything to give us rest, except for him who actually gives rest. You know, in uh, Luke ten thirty to 42, we have the mm. story of Mary and Martha, where Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha is busy running around doing many great things. Yeah. In and of themselves, they are great things. There's nothing to be disputed about that. You're probably baking or something. Probably baking brownies or uh, <laughs> chocolate souffles. Mm. Mm. Uh, let's pause for a moment. Sela moment. (laughs) Sela, chocolate, Sela. But there's there's always the right time. There's always the right time to do the right things. We just need to make sure that when we work hard, we rest hard as well. Yeah. Mm. What happens is we kind of have it backwards. We are resting hard and hardly working. Uh We we need to rest all we can only after we've worked all we can. You know, Spurgeon said make as much money as you can, save as much money as you can, and give away as much money as you can. That was Wesley. Because he was quoting Spurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, good. No,
0: no, no, that, no. That's, no, no. That's no, no. no. Selah. After you. No, I'm no, not in a hurry. Please. <laughs> yeah, I love that you bring up rest, and I even think that restfulness is. I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but the way we view restfulness we need to have a gospel view of restfulness rather than a worldly view of restfulness because you know, hustle culture, grind culture would tell you that you rest so that you can work harder. You rest to make yourself a more effective worker. Even today, like you know, when I used to work at uh, that private investment firm, I remember working with HR because we were t- trying to figure out vacation times. And HR would go, well, what is, the question that HR asked was, what, let's do the research and figure out what's the maximum amount of time To bring us back the maximum amount of work efficiency. In other words, the goal of the secular workplace is to give you vacation time so that you are a more effective worker. But again, this goes into a utilitarian view of what it means to be human. Your value is simply a part of how effective you are, and even your rest is simply a tool to make you more effective. But then you turn to the scriptures, and that's not in any way, shape, or form how God presents restfulness. First and foremost, God didn't need restfulness on the seventh day. He didn't rest because he needed to be a more effective God. He rested because there's something, one, everything that God does is perfect and good and beautiful, which means restfulness is a part of the beauty of God, which means restfulness in our lives is to connect ourselves with the glory, the goodness, and the beauty of who God is. Not to make us more effective worshipers, more effective employees, more effective dads or husbands or wives or whatever the case. Restfulness in it of itself is intrinsic to what it means to be human. In other words, to not rest is to not be human.
1: Yeah. And we all know the byproduct of... What rest gives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that refreshment, the rejuvenation. Whether it's a nap, right? I mean, yesterday uh, I had left uh, the office. I was exhausted. I had to preach at a church, and I took a nap. And in my mind, I thought, if I didn't have this nap, I would be dead. You know, standing at the pulpit trying to preach. You'd snap. I would just fall apart. Yeah. Snap without the nap. Yeah, snap without the nap. Wow, mm. I like that. Mm. And then I'd probably slap. That's a book title. I <laughs> I'd get it. Here's the new snap book Snap Without the <laughs> Nap. Oh, ah, no yeah, more books. Right, right. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's such a gift from the Lord. But like we talked about, it's that discipline. To so say you had no. a nap
3: while you are driving home. <laughs>
1: I, oh, I so wish. I could. Can you imagine if you could really nap while you still work? Well, I, I think was, there's uh, Tesla kind of sleep, Tesla drive, driverless cars. Yeah. Sleepless drivers. But, you know, again, it's all a part of the economy of God's kingdom. Mm. It's about what Jesus said in terms of the quality of peace that he gives, right? John 14, 27, peace, I leave with you my peace. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid.
3: Do you understand that peace? Do I? Yeah, the peace that passes all understanding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right, the, the, that's the Philippians thing, right? Uh-huh. He gives it to you, and yet it's contradictory. It's one of those contronyms, in a sense. It's peace that yeah. passes
3: all understanding, and we have joy that's unspeakable. So we don't understand our peace, and we can't talk about our joy. What do we got this
1: podcast for? <laughs> 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 what are we doing? But, but the, the brand of peace that Jesus gives is the kind that can sustain us in the midst of, of every challenge. I think, Mark, you talked recently, was it you or was it in a sermon? I can't remember. It was but, uh, about, <laughs> but about, about Jesus being asleep on the boat in the midst of the storm, you know? And really, there's two kinds because sometimes it can go to the other extreme of uh, trying to get away from responsibility. There are some people when they're super busy, they, they want to recreate. You know it 's a way of escaping. Look at Jonah mm-hmm. right in the midst of a storm. Jonah was asleep at the bottom of, uh, you know of, of the boat while everyone was going crazy up top <laughs> you know that 's probably because of depression and just wanting to escape reality. And so th- there's there's a balance to it all. You have something on your mind, right? I can well, tell by just your, your Jesus look. wouldn't
3: have slept with his mouth open like we do. <laughs>
1: <Aww>. <laughs> Are you right. guys open mouth sleepers?
3: Oh, it looks terrible. I-, I remember I'd walk along, I'd go into a plane and I'd see all these beautiful women eating daintily with their food. And then half an hour later, they're <laughs> <laughs> their mouth open. And how it's just part of the fall. The contrast.
1: <laughs> yeah. And... You know, and we have to also remember what the kingdom of God is really all about. Uh, Paul in Romans fourteen he was talking mm, about. Mm. Oh, for that. <laughs> I should just do it, right? Right mm. after I, I quote now, we reference. should
3: have a recording that Scotty plays every time you quote a mm. whole a whole crowd of people going, mm. 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 <laughs> Good.
1: But Paul in Romans fourteen, you know, he's talking about what our hearts need to be toward each other as believers. He's talking about the whole thing about food and judging each other and so on and so forth. But I love what he said in verse 17 of Romans 14, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy Mm. in the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that we miss Mm. when we allow ourselves to become busy in the wrong way. We miss especially that joy and that peace, you know, that comes from, well, Living in a righteous way and righteousness entails doing things right, which includes rest. I love that, Oscar. It's a part of who we are as human beings. It's not just something that we do to do so that we can be used again, right? Mm.
3: By the world. I I think rest is great. I did it once in 1957.
1: (laughs) One time. Yeah. And so your kind of rest when
0: you sleep is holy rest. Yes. Because you have that hole in your bed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How is that hole by the way, Right, It's getting bigger. Do you clean it
3: out once in a while? I fall like... into it and Sue has to help me out. It's a little grand <laughs> <Ow>! canyon. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, so joy and peace guys, that's what the kingdom of God is all about. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I know that I'm crossing the line when I begin to lose my joy and my peace. Mm. When, when I begin to get snappy with people around well, me.
3: Seriously, that comes when you're tired often. Yeah. You know, when you're tired, you're irritable. It's Are you just a always natural.
1: tired? Always, <laughs> incessantly. It's a byproduct of not remembering what really matters and what's really priority. And so, yeah, it's that joy, it's that peace. And Ray, we warn people about that oftentimes, you know, in terms of don't use those, those draw cards for salvation. Right. But they're genuine fruit.
3: <clears throat> genuine f- fruit, peace, joy, love, fulfillment, all Fruits of salvation, but they shouldn't be used as draw cards for salvation because you can come to Christ and all your problems begin. You can get martyred for your faith, separated from your family, stoned to death, hung by the neck, drawn and (laughs) quartered. Keep going. <laughs> so, that was Fox's Book of Martyrs. I think drawn and quartered is the most
0: horrible. You know what that is? Say what is it again. It?
3: Drawn and quartered. You don't know what that is? No. Drawn
0: in quarters. They
3: would get four horses and pull your arms and legs ah. off while you're alive. That's you check it out on the internet. That's Seriously? how they used to put people to death. Horrible. No
1: limitations to yeah. man's wicked imaginings. Just horrible. That's terrible. So
3: Fox's Book of Martyrs is full of that sort of stuff. And Can it's not imagine? about fox's book of tomatoes it's fox's book of <laughs> martyrs
0: the perpetual stubbing of the toe yeah that would be bad no. oh, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so mark when you think about the people he doesn't he never <laughs> when you think about the people that are most effective right i mean you've got guys like thank you like, <laughs> not like Oscar, but guys like uh Al Moeller, you know, he's running a university. The guy's writing books, he sounds like, like crazy. a dentist to me. Al Mo- <laughs> Moeller, there's a dentist at our church named Yank. Everyone calls him <laughs> <laughs> no Yank. way, <laughs> sure, it's a nickname. He's, he's always down him, in Yank. the
3: mouth. Sorry, man. Uh,
1: but when you think of guys like him, guys like John MacArthur, you know, who's who's running a seminary, who's running a church, who's who's you know involved in book writing and all these different things. Guys like Spurgeon even back in the day he ran orphanages. I mean what what are the ran things what? Or, ran, uh, ran uh, orphanages? He and, did. And, he
3: ran orphanages. Yeah, Isn't and, that wonderful? Yeah.
1: And Bible schools mm. and, and all kinds of things. You know, w- what are some of the what are some of the things that you would imagine help keep them sane and and effective?
2: Well, they don't get sidelined by the trivialities of life, mm-hmm. you know. I, I think that by and large, and we don't t- tend to talk about this, you know, somebody once said, if you want to get something done, give it to the busiest person you know, and they'll find Wesley. a way to get it done. Yep. I, was that Wesley? No. no quote Spurgeon. <laughs> um, I, I think that people that are the most widely used by God have come to grips that this life is not about mm-hmm. them and the fun that they may be able to have, that somewhere along the race, eternity was stamped on their eyelids, mm. you know, right? That whether they're awake or asleep, they, they know what the purpose of life is. So they don't get sidetracked in things that a lot of people get sidetracked with. And that's not to say that they are not going to enjoy sports, right? Uh, I know that Steve Lawson, John McCarthy, they they love playing golf, but they don't play Uh, golf. Sorry,
0: you said sports.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You'll have Scotty out here.
2: (laughs) You know, Uh, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley said that Tiger Woods is the most athletic person they've ever met. Was. Was, yes. Uh, Um, You know, because there is an an extreme amount of work that's put into it, but I we digress. I, I think that they're keeping the main thing, the main thing. And the only way to keep the main thing, the main thing is, was it um, Leonard Ravenhill? Who, who was it that said, before God can use a man, he must first severely wound the man? Leslie?
3: No, I think it was Tozer.
2: Tozer. Tozer. Tozer, mm. uh, who discipled Leonard Ravenhill, right? So I, I think that there just comes a place, Where something happens in somebody's life Because I remember praying a prayer back in January 1994, which was, Lord, no matter How much it hurts, no matter how much I kick and scream I never want to be out of your will Honor my prayer today, which is Do whatever you need to do to receive the greatest Amount of glory due to your name And it doesn't matter what avenue What direction that takes, right? My eyesight is not my own, my future wife Is not going to be mine, my kids are not mine My money's not mine, everything I own belongs to you So do whatever you need to do Honor the prayer today, which says, God, give me eternity Over the temporal, so that when I come begging to have that cup removed from me, you don't honor it. No. Honor this prayer, which is God, do whatever you need to do. And we all have stories, things that have happened inside of our lives where God just gets our attention. Mm. Right? Whatever that is. And I think that's the answer to your question, that these people who look extremely busy, that have accomplished some amazing things, that have written tons of books, that are preaching every week, that are always perhaps accessible in the right ways at the right time, they just realize that this life's not their own, and they've been bought with a price, and what lies before them is a stewardship from the owner for the owner, and they're running that straight and narrow path. Well, it's well said,
3: Mom.
1: You know, I remember one time I was preaching at a retreat in Oregon, and it was at a place where there were different sorts of people engaged in different kinds of things. And I remember before I got up to preach that this very reputable Christian leader, who, who's pretty renowned in different parts of the world. He said something to me after, after I had preached and he was complimenting my message. He, he just wanted to give me a reminder as, as a seasoned saint. He said, never ever walk up to that pulpit without taking Jesus with you. And, who? And that, that just hit me, you know, because we do that. Yeah, there's, there's been the question asked before, if the Holy Spirit was removed from a church would we notice? Yeah. Sadly, many Very wouldn't. Right? Never
3: forget one pulpit I stepped into, they had the Bible verse, Sir, we would see Jesus. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right across the pulpit. No one else could see it, just the preacher was and, on the pulpit. Uh, what did it say? Sir, we would see Jesus. Uh, wow. From scripture.
1: Yeah, and and so I would apply that to every area of life. Never do anything without taking Jesus with you. And what that means is never engage in any activity without being conscious of his presence Mm. and connecting to that presence, recognizing in your heart, mind, and soul that he's your only hope, right? Abide in me, Mm. apart from me, you can do nothing, right? Like the, the vine and the branches, we must remain connected. Obviously we are as believers positionally, but we have to discipline ourselves to do that. In every way. And, and I'll close with this quote from uh, Ajith Fernando. He said, Having lost the security of being rooted in the eternal reality of the Word of God, we're looking to busy activity to fill the void that has been created in our lives. And under that bondage to activity, we find it difficult to linger with the Word simply for the joy of it. In fact, we may be afraid to stop our busyness, lest it expose the shallowness of our lives. So we go from activity to activity, from project to project, but activity is a dangerous source of fulfillment. Instead of finding our identity, our sense of self-worth from our relationship with God, we begin to look to success and programs and other earthly indicators of success for our self-worth. But these will never satisfy. This will only enslave us more in our bondage to activity. And that, my friends, is the balance. Yes, activity is good, but when it replaces communion and intimacy with the Lord, you're missing the mark big time. So take the peace that he gives by abiding in the Prince of Peace. Amen? Amen. All right, friends. (laughs) We hope you were not too busy listening to this. Maintain priority. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on The Living Waters podcast where we have no idea what we're doing Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from. But friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline. California, Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina, Andrea from Anderson, Indiana, Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania, Lowell from Yakima, Washington, Don from Charleston, Illinois, John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike, and Dave from Willin Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.